Here's Chris Johnston, our TSN Hockey Insider, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. CJ, what do you make of Wall's return tonight, and what, what do you think the plan will be in the crease for the Leafs uh, up until game one of the playoffs? I think so much of it is just going to revolve around how Joseph Wall plays, right? And, and you know, he'd kind of been earning, I guess, the the 1A starts, uh, you know, prior to his injury, but that was a long time ago, and, and he's faced a long road back, and, you know, I'm sure, as you guys are aware, he doesn't have a, a lengthy NHL resume at this point as a young player looking to establish himself, and so, you know, it's hard to say how this is going to play out. You know, I think that your point's well made here is, you know, before I came on, but in the Leafs' case, I think they just need to feel they have, you know, one out of two can, can get the job done. I mean, a lot of teams nowadays in the playoffs end up playing two goalies. A lot of teams that have won Stanley Cups have done it with two different goaltenders winning them some big games along the way. And, and you know, I think the, the short term is, is getting Joseph Wall comfortable again, seeing where he's at, making sure from a health standpoint that, that he can handle the workload. And then, you know, when, as we get into sort of March and April, it'll be about determining, you know, which of, of him or Samsonov is best suited to start the most important games once the playoffs start. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see what he's got. You know, Samsonov the other night, uh, because of the Keefe show, we didn't talk a lot about it. But, you know, he didn't have a great night afterwards. He just said, I want to get some rest. Like, it, you're around him a lot, CJ. Yeah. Is, is, does he have a different kind of aura to him, Ilya Samsonov, since he returned from, you know, that two-week, uh, I guess, sabbatical he was on? Tough to say. You know, I, I think what I really like about the guy is, is he's honest and I do think at times he's he's been almost a bit immune to his situation. I'm, I'm thinking more to last year. He just seemed, didn't seem like being the Leafs goaltender, being you know the, the, the player they're rolling out in the biggest games was affecting him. I think he's had obviously a much different campaign this year. But you know he's it's it's hard to argue with the results since he's been back after having that break. And um, you know it's sure it doesn't look good against Vegas. You know certainly a couple of those goals aren't aren't his best work but you know i think for the last three weeks you've, you've seen a lot of good there so um you know ultimately i, I do believe this is going to be a tandem i as i mentioned i think a lot of teams now are going to win a cup using two goalies um and so toronto isn't necessarily unusual in that regard i mean frankly i could see a world where martin jones is playing a playoff game it's probably going to take you know one of the two either being injured or really underperforming for that to happen but it's it's not beyond the realm of possibility and um, you know, it wasn't that long ago Pittsburgh did that in, in a playoff round in the first round. They used three different goalies. So I, I think this is a bit of the new reality, and the Leafs are kind of the, the normal in that case. But I, I can understand why it's, it's going to give us a lot to talk about and fans a lot to fret about because it's, you know, it's just not like going into the, the playoffs with Martin Brodeur in his prime or, you know, even Andre Vasilevsky in his prime. You know, what he used to give Tampa gave them a lot of confidence. And obviously, when they won those two cups back to back, he played every single minute of those playoff runs and you kind of knew what you were getting. I think there's a little bit more of a feel of unpredictability here because of, um, you know, where, where both the fact that Wool is young and the fact that Samson has had some significant ups and downs this season. CJ, you see Chris Tanev get traded. You hear the, the rumblings that the, the Leafs were in on him or maybe a close second type of thing. Like right in it to the end, right in it to the end. What do you, what do you make of, uh, uh, the Leafs being in on that, and then where do you think they turn their attention to? Well, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, most teams viewed among the, the rental defensemen available, Chris Tanev, the best option at right D. It's, you know, he was right up at the top or at the very top or near the top of the trade bait board since November, and, you know, we all know what the Leafs' you know, biggest need or, or desire to, to fill at the deadline is. 
and and he would have filled it. So, you know, I think all that that kind of lines up, and and you know, I, I just wonder if if there was going to be sort of a Toronto tax on him uh, ever getting pride out of Calgary. It seems like the 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 price the Leafs were being asked to pay ended up being, you know, quite a bit more than than where the the deal ended up, and I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, starting with the fact that I, I know the draft, uh, the prospect they got in that trade, it's not just about the second round pick they got uh, back from Dallas and, and trading Tanev away. But so, where are we going next here? If Tanev's obviously off the board, like, do you any names that that you feel comfortable suggesting the Leafs are at least kicking tires on right now? Yeah, I think Labushkin in Anaheim is one that that they're, they're at least still in on at this point in time. Uh, obviously, some familiarity there with a guy that had been here a couple of years ago. I think Matt Dumba, who will be playing here tonight on the Arizona end of things, is someone the Leafs have at least expressed some interest in. You know, it's hard to get a read on exactly, you know, identifying one favorite target. I mean, I think it was fair to call Tanev that uh, prior to him being dealt to Dallas. And, you know, now it's it's about, you know, what's the best, What's the best player they can get in with the use of the assets? And, you know, I heard you guys mentioning there. I mean, not having a second-round pick for about 22 years is, is going to be a, a bit of a challenge because obviously the Leafs are, are not going to give up their first-rounder just for anything. And, and you know, that the fact that the Stars were able to make that deal for Tana without surrendering her first-rounder, you know, probably doesn't say good things to the teams that are out there selling defense right now. So, you know, it, it might be a bit of a grind for, for Toronto, but those are, those are two names, I think, that are fair. You know, I do know they've called at various times in the past on, on Walker at a Philly uh, carrier in Nashville, although I don't think the Predators are as likely to move him now. And so you know, we'll see if anything else shakes loose or maybe someone ends up on the trade market that, that hasn't been there since November as, as we get closer to March 8th. But those are kind of some of the names that uh, the Leafs are around at this point in time. CJ, is there any news with Carolina and Brett Pesci? Like, I think he's unrestricted coming up, and that was kind of a name that was bandied about you know, at the starting of the season is what is Carolina going to do with him? And What about know, this one, now, Noodles? I haven't heard his own name. Own rental. Own rental. Remember that little phrase? Maybe yeah, he's their yeah. own rental. Woo! Well, I mean, look, I think he is an own rental in, in Carolina. But, you know, they're an organization that does things differently. I know they made a pitch to, to give an extension to Brett Pesci last summer. The two sides didn't see the world even remotely the same way. It wasn't a long conversation. It wasn't a lot of back and forth. And as far as I know, I don't think they've rekindled it between now and then. So I would suggest they'll probably be one of the top names when it comes time to do the free agent board because I think it's, you know, signs point to him likely hitting the market on July 1st. But, um, you know, I think with where the Hurricanes are at, they're not in a, in a mindset to take a, a valuable piece off their team. I think they're looking to add. With Chris Johnson, our TSN Hockey Insider, where are we at with Elias Pettersson? Uh, or, you know, earlier in the week it was he's not answering calls, he's not interested in negotiating, he'll see in the summer, and now all of a sudden there's an eight-year deal that's being worked out? Like, what happened here, and, and how close could we be talking about, you know, an actual extension happening for Pettersson in Vancouver? Well, I don't think we should get too far ahead of ourselves with an eight-year deal. You know, what happened, though, is they started talking, and, and that's, for me, the real news nugget there is that after a season where Elias Pettersson had no interest in, in you know, having his agents have those discussions and negotiations going on, he just thought it would be a distraction in the background. I think it was becoming a pretty distraction in the foreground, the fact he wasn't having the talks. And so Tuesday night, Wednesday, uh, the Canucks and, and his agent uh, have, have engaged. But, you know, the sense I'm getting is, is that it's, it's likely to be a situation where, you know, a variety of terms are considered. 
um, you know, longer terms. I don't mean a two-year deal, but, and, and you know, we'll see where they, they end up. But, um, you know, I, it, there's clearly a, a high degree of urgency from the Canucks end of this to, to get a deal done. I think that's where some of the, the stories were emanating from, in, in a sense, is that they, they were curious or wondering why this, this was, you know, on ice. And, and, you know, with the deadline coming up and um, with the season the team's having, I think they, they want to remove that distraction. And so they're taking a, you know, a strong run now at, at signing Pedersen. And, you know, we'll see if they're able to, to finally conclude that. But you know, I don't get the sense it's happening today. And, and I don't think it's a 100% guarantee it's an eight-year deal. Um, but, you know, obviously players of his stature, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to lock in long-term, it usually makes sense to, to go the full eight years and, and take the guaranteed money. And, uh, you know, it's obviously going to be a big payday for him if it ends up being an eight-year contract. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, he's having such a good year. Vancouver's having such a good year, and now it's a distraction. Like, where, I know. Where, you know what I mean? Like, why would it yeah. not have been a distraction earlier in the year? And, and I would assume, I don't know this, but my guess would be it's the Canucks leaking that he's not talking. So if that's the case and he's struggling with that, are they not responsible for the issues? Like, why why did it have to get out right now that he's not negotiating what like it's a big story because the canucks want him to come to the table and it's public i would again presume cj because they've made it public you know via the grapevine yeah i don't know the source of all the leaks because you know they're not all coming through my sources but you know i think that in general it's it's sort of a weird one because he is a restricted free agent next year so this wasn't this wasn't like nylander and the leafs before they got his deal done in january where there was a possibility you know, William could have been going to, to, to any team that wanted to bid a lot of money on July 1st. I mean, he's Canucks property, you know, under team control through next season. So, you know, I, I don't fully understand the urgency. I mean, I can understand the desire when you have a player with that talent to get him signed, to know what the number is, to get it locked in, to remove any questions. But, um, yeah, the, the way this has gone down, I mean, usually players aren't of the same mind as Pedersen. I think it's he's taken sort of a stance that you don't normally see, but he's been consistent about it. I mean, he gave interviews last summer where he basically said, I don't want to talk contract during the season. And until this week, I think he's been consistent in, in sticking to that. But, you know, it just became such a sideshow in Vancouver um, with all kinds of stories with, you know, the Canucks taking calls on him, which I believe happened. But, you know, it, it, I don't think by any sense would, were they likely to trade him, whether there's a deal in place or not. But, you know, I think now they're at least going to see if, if they see the world the same way, if they can you know reach a contract, and obviously that'll settle things down uh, long before the playoffs if it happens. With Chris Johnston, um, Winnipeg's made a deal, Vancouver's made a deal, the Leafs and Edmonton are the two Canadian teams going to the playoffs who, who have not. Um, we've talked a lot about Toronto, but where does Edmonton come into play here between now and next Friday? Well, they're, they're one of the main teams we should be focused on. I mean, I, I think... Certainly, they're committed to, to trading their first round pick um, as part of a contract. It's as part of a, a you know getting one of the significant players out there. I think that they're really targeting the forward position for an upgrade. It's not to say they won't also maybe make some kind of upgrade to their blue line, but but specifically, I think they'd like to, to add someone who can play inside their top six. Maybe you know line up on, on Leon Dreisaitl's wing and, and have Connor McDavid be on his own line and, and you know really load up in that way. And so. You know, they, they've. It feels like they've been around everyone, whether it's you know Pavel Buchnevich, um, you know some some talk maybe Tyler Toffoli could be of interest to them here with with the possibility New Jersey will move on from him. Although I don't think the Devils have, have reached the point where they're, they're you know they've committed to, to to trading him out of town, but it's it's definitely becoming a possibility with them kind of distant in, in the wild card chase. 
you know, Edmonton, I, I think, will be you know, pretty aggressive in terms of getting one of the, the, the big wingers or maybe even a center on, on the market. Um, you know, Jake Gensel, I think, could make sense for them. Um, but certainly, uh, if, if we don't see anything happen before March 8th, that'll be one of the main teams I can be sure we'll be talking about when the coverage starts at, at Trade Center because um, I, I just don't see them letting this deadline pass without you know, making some kind of meaningful acquisition to their team, just get, given the season they've had, given you know, you've only got two more years of guaranteed uh, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle together. I mean, this, this, is, uh, this is a big year in Edmonton, and, and I don't think they're going to let this deadline pass quietly. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, why not at this point? And um, we'll see. I mean, again, like Toffoli's an interesting one. He's such a good player. And Jersey's an interesting team. Like there's those teams just on the outside in the East, CJ, like Pittsburgh. uh, And obviously Gensel would be at the top of the list. Gensel's a game changer. Like you pick up a guy like Gensel, you're you're really, really happy. But you got to pay a big price if Toffoli's there. I don't know if the Islanders are in a position to do that. Philly is still in the playoffs, yet – Sounds like Danny Briere and company are willing to trade. Like that portion of the Eastern Conference uh, really could make or break what happens in the next, you know, seven or eight days in terms of which which of those teams I throw Washington in there too. Like, are they going to go for yeah. it or are they going to sell? Like, how, how do we know at this point? Yeah, it's the weirdest deadline in a long time that I remember because basically the quality of it, it will probably be determined by if some of those teams decide to sell that are that are what we might call bubble teams or, you know, could go either way at this point in time, just because the teams at the very bottom of the standings have been selling for years, right? I mean, Montreal, Anaheim, San Jose, all these players, these teams have traded significant players off their roster in the last couple of seasons at the deadline, and they just don't have a whole lot left. It's not to say they aren't going to still trade a few more bodies out of town, but we're not talking about the same kind of impact players that might be available on, on a few of those teams that are closer to the bubble. And, you know, to me, a team like Seattle will be fascinating. Uh, I know we don't focus on them or talk about them a lot, but, so they have a ton of UFAs, whether it's you know Alex Wenberg, Jordan Eberle, uh, Thomas Tatar, George, Justin Schultz, and you know I think at this point in time they're inclined not to sell if they feel like they can make it, but you know maybe two or three losses between now and March eighth, and, and the view changes, and you know they could be putting some more players out there. And so if you're James Duffy right now, you're cheering for some of those bubble teams to go decidedly sour the next mm-hmm. week, uh, it's where they have you know internally they have some clear direction of which way they want to go. Uh, because otherwise, it might just be this this strange deadline where um, there, there wasn't a lot of sellers ultimately that were there uh, willing to, to flood the market and give us lots of content. Well, we'll see what comes of it, CJ. We're we're inching closer and closer. Eight days away from go time. Uh, make sure that phone is ready to rock come next week, man. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. All right, talk soon, boys. There's uh, Chris Johnston, our TSN Hockey Insider, joining us here on the Maple Toyota Hotline. Check out Maple Toyota's huge truck and SUV lineup, including Tundra, 4Runner, Highlander, and Grand Highlander in stock and ready to deliver. Visit mapletoyota.com.